0: Let's pray. God, we know you are present with us.
1: And so we ask that you open our minds, our hearts, our ears and our eyes to receive your wisdom this morning. Then in all things, we have a,
0: a heart that desires your love
1: and a mind that receives, your transformation and wisdom. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of
0: our hearts be pleasing to you this day.
1: Amen. So this week and next week, uh, I'm going to be preaching on things that you have asked about. And so one of the questions I got was, you know, what's up with John the Baptist, and why did he end up the way that he did? Um, and so we're going to be talking about that uh, today, and and how John the Baptist had a hard road.
0: Um,
1: and so our scripture is from Mark 6, uh, 14 to 29, but you can also find this same account essentially in Matthew chapter 14, verses 1 to 12. And if you'd like some background on John the Baptist and his family, uh, you can read the first three chapters of Luke, uh, which go back and forth essentially between John the Baptist's um, story and Jesus' story. And so when you think of John the Baptist, like if somebody randomly came to you up on the street, um, What comes to mind when you think of John the
0: Baptist? Anything? Yep, honey and locusts, yep, excellent. Anything else?
1: Yes, very well known. Mm -hmm. That he was. Yeah, when you get the, uh, the attention of, of the ruler of the area. Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: Anything else that comes to mind? No? Okay. Now,
1: this is hopefully a bit easier of a question. Would you say that John's role was unique or common? I don't mean to have this be a trick question. <laughs> I heard someone whisper unique. Yes. Because <laughs> we don't have lots of John the Baptist running around, right? There's only one of him. Yeah. So his his role that God gave him was, was unique. And when, when you look at John's life, um, he had a few different kind of purposes, right? There, we know him. I think primarily um, in the story of Jesus' baptism, right? Because John is the one that baptizes Jesus. And so if you read the first part of chapter three in Luke, um, this is where John is kind of uh, giving um, giving the Pharisees and Sadducees the hard time and where he calls them a brood of vipers. Um, and talks about the baptism of repentance that he's offering for people, so that's one of his purposes. He's also a prophet. Uh, he spoke out against Herod Antipas and and Herodias, um, along with speaking truth to the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and you know that kind of thing. Um, and he's also a teacher and a leader. So if you read also in some of the early parts of chapter three in Luke, John has people come to him and ask him questions about what should I do? And then he answers them. And as we hear in various parts of of, of Scripture about John, um, he did have disciples. And so at the very end of the passage that I wrote that I read, um, it talked about how how John's disciples then went and gathered, you know, took his body and and gave it a burial. Uh, so he, he was probably known in some ways as a rabbi, like Jesus was a teacher uh, or a leader. Um, and, and so he kind of stayed in this area of Galilee, right? And so now here's where the history comes in. And so for those of you who don't appreciate history, um, you might wanna take a nap. Uh, <laughs> It can be a quick one, (laughs) but I think it's really important to understand the dynamics of this whole kind of interlude of a scripture passage. Um, We need to know the historical context of who were these people and why was this kind of so um, offensive in some ways of what John was telling uh, Herod Antipas. So first of all, we remember that at this time, it was the Roman empire. So there was the the emperor and then the emperor appointed what is called a tetrarch um, or ruler over different regions of the Roman empire. And so we've heard of Herod the Great, right? He was the one that was reigning when Jesus was born. And he had several sons from several different wives, I think. Uh, at least two different wives and um, so Herod Antipas was one of Herod the Great's sons and so he took over ruling this region of the Galilee in 4 BC and stopped reigning in 39 BC. I'm assuming he passed away at that point Uh, and and so there were other of Herod, the great sons that ruled in different places. Um, And one of the other ones we hear about in Jesus' uh, crucifixion story, that's the Herod that um, is with Pontius Pilate, different Herod. But it's kind of like, uh, yeah, he just, some people like to name their children with the same first letter. Herod like to name all of them Herod, plus the middle name. Um, And so Herod Antipas, the ruler at this point of of Galilee, he married the daughter of King Aretas IV of Nabatea. Um, And that was most likely a marriage of political alliance, Um, probably arranged by Emperor Augustus to keep the peace. And the marriage lasted um, 15 years, until um, it's it's believed that Herod Antipas met Herodias um, when, and I'm just gonna call him Antipas, uh, when Antipas went and stayed with his half brother, Herod Philip, Philip. And so apparently there was an attraction and I don't know, how the divorce between Philip and Herodias worked, but um, but Herodias was kind of badgering Antipas to get divorced from his first wife. And so that must have happened. And then we have Herod Antipas, and Herodias married and now living in Galilee. Um, there their headquarters, it was Tiberius, Tiberius, which was about eight and a half miles down the coast of the Sea of Galilee from Capernaum. So it wasn't that far. So like where Jesus started his ministry uh, was pretty much in the heart of Herod Antipas's rule and his, his region. Um, and so one of the things that prophets do is they speak out to rulers of the region, right? So like, if you look at the Old Testament, um, you know, 1st and 2nd Kings, 1st and 2nd Chronicles, uh, and then the prophets themselves, there's this interplay between the rulers of Israel and Judah and the prophets. There's this back and forth of God trying to have his kings turn back to God. Didn't work most of the time, But that's what the prophets were for, to both remind the kings and the Israelites, this is who I am, and this is what God expects. And theoretically, uh, or well, not theoretically, uh, in actuality, John took his role as a prophet in this way seriously, and so basically told Herod Antipas that uh, his his marriage to Herodias was incestuous, because it went against Leviticus 1816 and 2021. 20, um, and so It's that action, it's him being both known and a prophet speaking out against a ruler's actions that got him um, basically thrown into jail but not killed. Like, I think based on the scripture, Herod Antipas would have allowed John to basically rot in prison for the rest of his life if Herodias had not done what she did um, and indicated to her daughter to have John killed. And
0: so basically,
1: John walked a hard road because at this time, you know, rulers didn't have any problem killing people, really. Like that's what the that's what crucifixion was for, because it, it was a public spectacle meant to intimidate the populace. Um, and it wouldn't be out of the ordinary for something like this to happen on a fairly regular basis. Um, somebody gets under a ruler's skin literally off with their heads or throw them in jail or you know, how about we torture them in some way. Um, this was the life that the Jews lived in at the time. And so um, it took a lot of courage to be a prophet in the Roman empire um, because pretty much you, you knew you were probably gonna get thrown in jail um, at the very least. And if not killed, uh, otherwise. And if, if you read Luke 3, 18 to 20, it gives a, a really nice synopsis of John's ministry, where it says he proclaimed the good news to the people, and Herod Antipas jailed him because John told him what he had done, especially regarding Herodias. And he said, you know, John was telling them that it was wrong. Uh, and so, when that happens, there's maybe going to be pushback, which is why john had a had a pretty hard road. Um, he was in the wilderness and and called to be a prophet and a teacher and someone who who leads the people in some way and at the same time brings attention to the Messiah who's coming. Not a role I think most of us would want. Um, I, uh, I choose generally not to eat anything with an exoskeleton, um, which would rule out locusts and grasshoppers and and cockroaches and and that kind of thing, um, just because that you know I think it's gross, and so I would not be able to be John the Baptist, like I I would have a really hard time, uh, and. And so we come, come to this story in scripture that's like kind of like a flashback really um, of, well, this is what happened to John. And, you know, we see how, um, how sin in some way can lead to harm to others, right? So because of a promise that Herod Antipas made to this girl, And that's probably an accurate translation. She was young. Um, Because of this promise that he made that was probably fueled by drunkenness and lust, Don was beheaded. And Herodias took full advantage of the situation. Like, oh, my daughter's coming to me for advice. I now get what I want. Yeah, Herodias and Herod Antipas were not necessarily great people. They're not the people that you put up on the wall and be like, we need to emulate them. It's in some ways the opposite. There's a a pretty strong juxtaposition between Herod Antipas and Herodias and John the Baptist and what he did. Now, John was very ascetic Ah. in terms of his life, like eating honey and locusts, wearing really kind of uncomfortable and itchy clothing made out of hair um I think from camels and he lived in the wilderness He's, he separated himself um in in many ways and and so this week I want you to think about some things um like what lessons can we take from John and from this story it seems a bit wonky right like it's because in reality, in both Matthew and Mark, this story is squished in between Jesus doing amazing things. It's like, oh, and now we have the story of someone getting killed. Okay. Way to uplift everybody. Um, but there are things that we can learn. And as I was thinking about this and praying about it, one of the things that we can learn is that doing God's will might pit us against those who have maybe more power or clout against governments and rulers maybe um there is that possibility that if if we choose to follow what we feel like god is leading us to there could be some some pushback and and if we look at john's message also in terms of the broader spectrum not just of uh, you know don't sin and don't take a relative for your wife uh, but we can take his message of of repentance to heart and work on reflecting jesus in our lives and our speech and interactions uh, which in many ways uh, is our invitation right like it's a big invitation from god we can do those things and so in, in your bulletin, you'll see that um, I have listed at the bottom uh, is, here's an idea for opportunity to grow, to grow. Um, one of the things that we are to do as Christians is, con- is continually working out our salvation, uh, as West, John Wesley put it, and, and that is this. This conversation and relationship with God where where we are growing in both knowledge and wisdom, um, but also in relationship. And so we, by knowing the heart of the Father and Jesus and the Holy Spirit, we then are able to reflect that. Um, And one of the ways that we, we grow is to read scripture and then meditate on it and listen for what God has to say to us. And so that is your opportunity for growth this week, where if you read Mark six, you know, 14 to 29, or one of the passages about John in Luke one to three, ask God what he wants to tell you and what message you're supposed to receive from the scripture. It may not have anything to do with the words that are actually on the page, but that's the beauty about having a living word right? Like Jesus can speak to us through scripture um, in ways that are personal and relevant to our lives. And so I want to challenge you to to do that this week. Uh, And if you do, you know, feel free to text me what you've got. If you're like, what is this? Like, I think I want to talk to someone about it. Absolutely. Because we grow not only through reading scripture and doing some other Uh, prayer practices and things like that, but we also grow in community and having conversation about how is God impacting our lives and what is God asking of us in this time? Amen.